What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Coming to you from the basement studio at Eat More Barbecue World Headquarters, this is episode number 243 of Canada's Barbecue Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I thank you for tuning in, downloading, and listening, however you're making that happen. I do appreciate it, y'all. Rod Gray has seen success on the barbecue competition circuit with his Pellet Envy team, and also in the barbecue business realm with his Eat Barbecue line of rubs and sauces. He is now hoping to take that experience and turn it into success as the CEO of Kansas City Barbecue Society. Rod joins me this week to talk about his background in barbecue and the challenges that lay ahead for the largest competition-sanctioning body in the world. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Motley Q. Not only does Motley Q offer a great lineup of award-winning rubs and sauces, they also teach some of the best barbecue classes going. Visit www.motleyq.ca and click on the Classes tab to see the full schedule. There are a number of full-day classes to choose from, like King of the Grill, a great class for beginners, and Big Game Prep, which is great for tailgating or hockey playoff parties. In addition to the full-day classes, there's a selection of micro-classes coming up, including brisket, steak, ribs, and more. I had the chance to take a class with Big Joe and Jess a couple of years back, and it was a very entertaining experience with tons of great food and loads of knowledge. Again, the website is motleyq.ca. That's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E.ca. Click on the Classes tab to find the schedule of classes coming up in the Edmonton area. We're talking competition barbecue this week, folks, and I'm honored to welcome to the show the man behind one of the winningest teams in barbecue. He is also an accomplished businessman with a popular line of rubs and sauces and just happens to be the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, Mr. Rod Gray. Welcome to Canada's Barbecue Podcast. How are you this evening? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for doing this. You're a little under the weather, so I sure appreciate you powering through here. So. Well, you've been. we've been trying to get together for a while, yep. and I just feel like this is the opportunity and 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 let's Make let's do our best. Right on, I appreciate that, Rod. Question I ask everybody right off the top is, uh, what does barbecue mean to you? So, so it, that is an amazing question, even though it sounds very cliche. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why it's an amazing question. It has changed for me over the years. I'm sure. Yeah. So, what it means to me now is completely different than what it meant to me um, when I started in barbecue. When I got really competitive at barbecue, when I was near the top of the heap, uh, when I left competitive barbecue to now, mm-hmm. all, all different. So it, what it means to me now, it's all about the people. Yep. And I think it was always all about the people, but I don't think I knew it. Right. Uh, yep. And I, a lot of people kind of know, but don't really know, but I cooked my last contest in May of 19, uh, in, in the greater Chicago land. And, and then I received the cancer diagnosis that I thought based on the side effects of the treatment, I better be off the circuit. And, yep. and then COVID hit. And then I decided maybe I, I was, it was time for me to retire. So I'd been away from it. And then this opportunity came open and I thought I'd throw my hat in the ring. I got yep. lucky enough that they decided they wanted me to try my hand at this and that got me back at the circuit. I'm sorry. I know you didn't want this long of an answer, but no, no, that please. got me back out <laughs> with, with the people that I had missed all those years. Yeah. And I realized how much it was about the people. Yeah. You don't, uh, it's being around them, right? You don't have to be actually doing the competition, just being with, around that community. It's, uh, like, uh, you say, yeah, it's... a lot of my friends over the years had retired. I mean, when you do this for 20 years, mm-hmm. um, some people come and go, Yep. But a lot of them are still there because, and they're and they're people I started with. They aren't just people that I met on the circuit. Um, a lot of people I started with are still out there grinding. Yeah, uh, I have lots of examples, but the one that comes to mind right this second is is Darren Worth. Yep. Um, Darren is still out there grinding away, and he and I both started at the same time. Wild. Yeah, it's uh, and it is a grind, right? To do it uh, to do it regularly. Uh, the team. Uh, I'm on. It is a grind. <laughs> yeah. You know, being yeah, uh, it is yeah. a grind. Being up here, we certainly don't have the uh, the quantity of contests readily available to us as uh, 
as you folks down there do. So, you know, for us, uh, our team, we did four last year and that, that took a toll on me. So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, no, please, no, I got you, man. I, I hear about teams and I'm sure, you know, and you're, in your heyday, uh, I was going to say you're doing one every weekend. I couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. So, <laughs> and then, and then near the end, you know, I don't know, I can't tell you how many years, but in the end, uh, we were doing doubles mm-hmm. and every weekend yeah. to try to make up so we could have a few weekends off. And yep. I got to tell you, that was a lot of effort. Yeah, I do. I've done one double, and it was yeah, it uh, it takes it okay. out of you. That's for sure. So. Would you do it again? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah, I know. We, <laughs> we talk about how hard it is, how grueling it is, but we can go right back out there. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a little quick background about yourself. Uh, that Kansas City area, is that home for you originally? Um, I grew up in central Kansas, okay. Brian. I grew up in Abilene, Kansas, right smack dab in the center of Kansas. For the handful of people that say that sounds mildly familiar, Dwight D. Eisenhower, one of our presidents, was was from there. Right. And that's the only claim to fame. It's that's a town it. of about 5,000 people. And we didn't have barbecue. Um, we grilled, even though we're only, you know, a, a two and a half, three hours from from uh, Kansas City. And we didn't travel much. But right. if we wanted to go to the big city, we went south or we went a little bit east, but not all the way to Kansas City. Right. So we grilled. In fact, one year for Christmas, my dad gave us all brand new Weber kettles. I think I was 13. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... Grew up in central Kansas and then moved up here after college. Took yep. my first job. Had that goal. I wanted to have a job out of college, and I um, got an offer to come to Kansas City, and I took it. Right on. So you've been been there since? Yep. I've been here ever since. Awesome. Uh, and when kind of where does the barbecue bug come in for you? So um, here's the funny thing. I didn't realize this until I'd been competing a few years, but there used to be four or five contests in the entire country that had over a hundred teams competing in them. Mm-hmm. And two of them, and then later three of them were in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of them is not well known nationally. It's the great Lenexa barbecue battle, Okay, but it used to have around 185 teams in it. And, uh, I had a coworker who would go out there every weekend and come back and say how amazing his food was. And, and then, and then he didn't get his scores before he left. He had to look at them on Monday on the website or right. even published. I can't remember exactly. And he just get clobbered every single time. <laughs> and so I started going and trying his food. And, and I will tell you, um, my wife and I bought a slab of ribs and gave them to him. And he, and he cooked them for us on Friday night. And we went out and saw his party and took a slab of ribs home and set it at our table. And, and at the, in that moment, they were the best ribs I'd ever eaten. But and I'm not picking on him, but the idea was they were hot and fresh mm-hmm. right off the pit. And you're always good. You know, you can go to a bad barbecue place, and if you get their food right off the pit, it's going to be outstanding most good, of the yeah. time. Yeah. And that's what had happened. Yep. So um, that was my induction into it. I also, we didn't, I went to school at a small school in, in Kansas. Uh, it's called Emporia State. It's still there. It was a teacher's college, and it turned into a business college. And we didn't have barbecue in Emporia either, Emporia, Kansas. Okay. I realize I'm. That we're, I'm on a Canadian show, so That's I realized okay. these places are foreign. <laughs> I had a girlfriend whose parents were here in Kansas City, and I, I rode home with her to meet them, and that's where we went. We went to a, an old established barbecue place, not Gates or Bryant's, which are our really, really famous ones, but a place called Hayward's. Okay. And that was my, that was my first real barbecue. Um, so that's how it got started. And then later in life, I owned a business, and my office manager's, dad was formerly on a team and so she had a tradition with him that they would go cook a contest every year ah. and in 2001 we built a brand new speedway and uh that speedway hadn't even had a race on it asphalt was just black as black can be it was the middle of july they decided to have this barbecue contest she invited me out we go out there on friday evening it's 103 degrees that day and we yep. get there about 5 30 so it's still really hot yep. probably still 100 degrees we walk through the tunnel under the infield expecting to see 200 people that are just miserable. And we see the exact opposite. Yep. We see people with, with baby pools full of ice with their lawn chairs in them. Yep. And we see people with misters and fans. And I see two guys that I had seen on Food Network the night before 
happened to be Paul Kirk and David Close, David Close, a Houston pit builder. And, yep. and uh, everybody was having a ball. And I'd left there saying, I have to do this. Yep. I have to figure out how to get involved in this. Yep. And that's how it really started. Nice. Yeah. Once you see that, it just, it, it pulls you in, right? Yep. Uh, Pellet Envy was the, uh, the competition team. Um, kind of talk about, uh, some of the accomplishments over the year and over the years. And I'm not very good at this, but I'll do my best. <laughs> no um, I started in 01. I started in 01 yep. and I was asked to help a couple of teams and I did that. And then in 02, there were three of us and the team was called extreme pork and we were very lucky. We won three and reserved three our very first year as a team, which wow. um, I think that's more possible now because of classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think back then, and I'm not bragging, but I just think we, two of the three of us had really good pallets mm-hmm. and we kind of knew what good barbecue was for, for, um, for, for competition, yeah. which is different than good barbecue served to your friends and family, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. Um, and we, we cooked a bunch of contests. I think we cooked maybe 20 contests that very first year. Wow. And the very first contest we won was in the state of Minnesota where there were only two contests. And so I just picked up the phone and called the other winner and said, are you going to go to the Jack if you get drawn? And he said, no, I've got my vacation budgeted for the Royal and we won't be able to go to the Jack. But we knew we were an automatic we were. to the Jack the very first year. Right. I mean, really, truly, I can't think of a better way. I mean, Coming from Kansas, where it used to be a one in thirty-five or one in forty chance to go to the Jack, to to basically be an automatic our first year, that was just pretty incredible. That's awesome. So that's how we got started, um, and then the two of us that were that had the good palates were both Type A personalities, and we're still friends. But we agreed after that year that we'd kill each other if yep. we yeah. stay together. And that's kind of how it goes in competition barbecue. Yeah. It starts out as a group, and then ultimately it. It ends up being a, a couple of guys or a man and a wife or even a guy by himself Yep. Uh, when they're really going to hit the circuit and hit it hard. Yep. And and that's kind of where I went in 2003. Yeah. Um, my wife did it with me, but she had a full-time job, so I didn't have to grow up. And <laughs> I started cooking a lot of contests. Nice. How many? So you asked me what my – we were team of the year in 09. We yep. were runner-up in 10. Um, I won the, the brisket team of the year in – nine and i think i won the ribs in 07 okay if i remember right it's been so long and i don't really think a lot about it and then the one that people know the best and the one that probably god i don't gosh i don't want to say means the least to me but we uh we won barbecue pit masters we're Mm. still undefeated on barbecue pit masters we won four episodes in a row and Yep. Um, one with whole hog in North Carolina for, you know, for a Kansas city guy to win with whole hog in North yep, Carolina. That's something. Yep. And it never, I've only ever cooked, I'd only ever cooked one hog about the size of a greyhound. Yep. Um, up at Barber Colossal. And so, yeah, that was pretty incredible. And that's a memory I'll never forget. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and then the business, uh, side of things, uh, when that came, when in the process did the eat barbecue, uh, business come about? So that happened that happened during and after the first episode of Pitmasters. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of people don't know this but but Pitmasters started in 09 and John Marcus was the driving force there and yep. he he pitched it to uh, a production company and they liked the idea and they pitched it and decided to run with it only the idea then was we're going to follow a group of Pitmasters around the country. Mm-hmm to like five or seven. I don't remember the numbers now. I think it was like seven contests and, and shoot the same group seven times with us at all these contests. And, um, I got a phone call. I think it was from John himself. Uh, and John said, Rod, I got, I have good news and bad. And I'm like, okay. He's like, we picked you number eight to, uh, to be on pit masters, but we're only going to shoot seven. So if you'll follow us around to these events, we'll work you in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I told him, no, uh, I don't remember the time. It, actually, I do remember the time of year it was. It was like August. And the first event, I think, was in Las, was in north of Las Vegas. So it was hotter than hot. Yep. I was going anyway because it was, a, it was a big enough event to go. But here's, 
it's easy to say this now, but looking back on it, had I jumped in there as number eight and just hoped to get on TV, I would never have been the national champion because that was the year that by August I was either in the lead or close to the lead for team of the year. And it turned out to be a completely wild ride that I would not have been able to have been on right. had I made that commitment. Yep. So I missed that year. Um, I applied the next year. They said no. They asked me to apply the next year. Uh, I said no. And then I think season, so then season four comes on, and it's Johnny Triggs' year to win. Shad had won. I can't remember who else had won. I'm sorry. That's, That's disrespectful. Right. But um, they shoot this series with Johnny, and it's wildly popular because Johnny's character. a character and yeah. great for barbecue, and he's a very good friend. And um, So they decide to reboot in the fall. And they decide to set up these one-off shows, mm-hmm. and they're going to select the. They're going to have a, a, a competition at the Royal for the best pitmaster in Kansas City. I don't. I mean, it's hard for me to say this, but it was going to be hard to leave me out of that episode. Sure. At the time. Yep. Um, so they asked me. We agreed to terms, and we did it. And uh, we're we're cooking away, and it's uh, Tim Grant from True Bud Barbecue. I think Tim is. I'm sure Tim is retired. And it's Stretch from from Stretch Ruminer, and and he had Craig Adcock with him, and they were like the local fun guys. And cooked this event, and we're sitting in the back. They sequestered us while they judged. Okay, and we're sitting back there, and Tim Grant turns to me. Tim was a Tim is a very driven person, very driven person. Mm-hmm. He was a great barbecue cook, and uh, he turns to me and he says, "Rod, tell me how to bring a a sauce." To market tell me the steps you have to go through to bring a sauce to market so i tell him and, and then he says tell me the steps to bring a rub to market and i tell him now granted i know the research but i've never done it myself right. yep. and i finished talking to him and we all kind of get quiet and i think to myself why would tim ask me that right now <laughs> and then i'm like holy cow tim thinks he's won this thing uh, yeah and he's and he's, he's being so cocky he's asking <laughs> me yep. how to put products on the market when he wins this thing uh-huh and, and, and actually, it kind of got me fired up for if, if it worked out, I'd put products out, but I still didn't want to. Yeah. And then we win that episode, and then a friend comes to me and says, Rod, if you're ever going to put products out, they need to be out before the show starts. Right. So my products were all based on things that were combinations of other people's products. So I always say they're inspired by, and I worked my butt off between uh, the 1st of October till about mid-January when the show came out. And it took me every minute of that time to get them perfected to the point where I would happily look somebody in the eye and say, I use these in competition, mm-hmm. and I've used them ever since. Yep. That's how it launched. It was the show that launched it. Yeah, yeah, and then it. because we won our episode, they brought me back. They took the th- they took three guys that won those standalone episodes and made an episode for the next season out of us. Right. And I won that one, I won the semifinal, and I won the final. There you go. And the, and those three episodes obviously were instrumental in propelling the sauces and rubs while oh, I was, sure. they Absolutely. were out, they were distributed, we were on TV, it just all worked out. Yep, got to capitalize on that, right? Yep. Awesome. So uh, I know it was just last year that you came on board with KCBS. Prior to that, was the, the barbecue business a full-time gig for you? Um, it, it was my full-time gig, but it okay. wasn't a full-time gig. Gotcha, yep. Uh, when I got off the circuit and dealt with my medical issue, mm-hmm. then I was recovering into early, uh, 20 and, and had, had planned a schedule to go cook, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to, you know, we always started in Lakeland, Florida, uh, in, in late January. That's how right. the season, when you're, when you're cooking all year, that's how the season starts. Yeah. Big contest. It's warm down there. It's a really great event, um, that Nick Nicholas puts on and, and, uh, I just decided I'm going to do this again, but I'm not going to start that way. Yeah. I'm going to wait till it gets a little warmer up here and, and, and do that. And, and then all of a sudden COVID hit and we were all shut down. Yep. Yeah. So with it being shut down, I focused on the sauce and rub and had an amazing year as, as sure. a lot of sauce and rub guys did. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we were all at home yeah. cooking at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> when you were, uh, when you were cooking, what, uh, in competition, what was your, what were you cooking on? 
What was I cooking on? Yeah. So, so probably changed a little over the years, I imagine. But. Ryan, you, I can, you have to already believe my stories are too long, but I'm going to tell you <laughs> another one. Um, uh, I, I went out to that thing. I went out to that contest at the Kansas Speedway in July of '01, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw everything that was going on. My wife happened to be out of town. I think on vacation with her sister or something was going on. I came home. I went down, got on my computer, and I read all night long. And I finally I found this this forum, this old forum called the Barbecue Forum, the BBQ mm-hmm. Forum. Yep. Uh, didn't care anything about where it was or what it was. I just I just found this source of barbecue knowledge. Turns out it was an insurance salesman here in Kansas City, and his passion was barbecue. So he started this forum. Right. Didn't know it, but it actually had probably most of the best cooks in the country mm-hmm. on this forum. Right. And in my reading, I found that somebody had won the Royal a year or two prior with a Hasty Bake. Okay. And Hasty Bake had a website. And I read about it, and it was in Tulsa, so it was only a few hours away, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. And so Monday morning, I call them, and I say, I want to buy one of your what are your grills. And uh, they asked me which one, because they made them to order, and I told them. And before the week was over, I drove to Tulsa, brought back a hasty bake, stopped off and bought two briskets, and came home. And by the weekend, I was absolutely incinerating a couple of briskets. <laughs> um, yep. I did that for a few weeks. I'd stopped reading that forum, which was the worst thing I could have done. I didn't learn fire management, mm-hmm. especially, and I, I chose the worst fuel. I chose char. I chose uh, I chose lump charcoal mm-hmm. with a hasty bake that is a is a, it's an amazing grill. Yep. And now I could cook amazing food on it, but then uh, it was like somebody took the training wheels off a little early, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't control the fire. I was adding charcoal to it every 50 minutes and trying to keep it around 225. So it was cooking these briskets for like 16 hours and having to mess with it, um, you know, too often and having a horrible time. So I went back to that forum and started reading and found a guy here in town making this pellet cooker. I'd never heard of them and, and learned what he was doing. Fast Eddie Marin. Um, Eddie was, was introduced to Traeger products, I think by his parents and they were pretty new in terms of being any kind of smoker right. uh, then. And he was pretty smart about it. He created an insulated cabinet and pulled the guts out of one of them and shoved it in this insulated cabinet. And now you had the best of both worlds. Right. You had a pit you could run for hours and hours. And, the, and, the, and they were super, super efficient because there was two inches of insulation all the way around them. Yep. So I switched to that. And, and I um, it was instrumental in getting me to where I ended up because I could cook on it during the week. Yeah. I could cook on it both days on the weekends because you just filled it full of pellets and let it roll. Yep. And so that's what we went on the circuit with were two of those. Yep. Uh, initially by 2007. Um, I think I don't, this sounds arrogant, but I'm not sure I could have cooked any better than I was cooking on those because mm-hmm. they eliminate fire management, gives you more time. Uh, it makes it an easier cook. And I was turning out what I thought was amazing food, and my results were inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Now, I know more about competition barbecue now than I did then, and I am the guy who always am I'm my own worst critic. Of course, I always assume if if the, if it's not good and I don't do well, that it's because of me, not mm-hmm. because of anybody else. Yep. So um, I did. I saw a pit in 01. I went to judge a few times. I saw a pit in 01 in, in Lafayette, Louisiana. That. Uh, was just this beautiful rig, and I said someday I'd own one, and I'd done the research, and turns out it was a guy named Jamie Gear in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I'd become friends with Johnny by then. We got lucky and won a really big contest in Vegas when nobody knew who we were, and it kind of put us on the map. Right. And um, so, so Johnny was my friend, and he was cooking on one of these pits, which was a coincidence. But I asked him if if Jamie would build me one. This is before Jamie was in the business, and so in, I ordered one in '06. In about April or May of 06, and he delivered it to me in Kansas City in May of 07. A Jambo, what we call a Jambo, J5. That's what I finished my career on. I had two of them, one mounted on a trailer, and one was a little green one painted Camaro green, and I pulled around, especially to the coast, behind a truck and cooked under a tent because it was so much better on the fuel and easier for me to get places, especially long distances. So I cooked on pellets for the first six years, and I finished on 
on traditional stick burner built by Jamie Gear Jambo Pits. Nice. No, great, uh, great equipment from everything I've heard about them. So that's awesome. Uh, nowadays, cooking at home, what do you? What's in the backyard? The original FE100. Yeah, still nice. And you notice I'm not saying FEC100 because originally FE's for Fast Eddie, and he just named it a 100 because yep. of its size. And uh, he built them one by one in a shop, and every couple of months or three months he'd make an improvement to them. So you kind of felt bad after you bought one, but yep. it wasn't long, and he was making something better. So yep. this is the original one. Nice. But I bought an 01. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, let's get into your involvement with KCBS. Uh, prior, prior to coming on as CEO last year, you had acted as a board member a number of years back. And, uh, I guess, uh, going back that's, to that, that's true. why was it important for you to be involved at that level with KCBS going back to that, that time? Uh, you know what, at the time I didn't know, I just wanted to consume all things barbecue mm-hmm. and, and it was in my town case, you know, Little did I know that KCBS would be my circuit. Little did I know that for most people, it's the only circuit. Now, things have grown and changed, and there's room for all of us. But Mm -hmm. literally, uh, back at that time, I read one story on that forum about a guy who entered a contest in Colorado, and it was either non-sanctioned or sanctioned by somebody else, and he was from a different state. And he drove up to to the park it was in, and there wasn't anybody there, and he asked, and they'd moved it. And he didn't even know they'd moved it. And I thought right then, you need to get involved with, with somebody who has some credibility and some right. integrity. And that was KCBS. Yep. So that's how I started cooking on the circuit. Because that's, that's all there was in Kansas City anyway. Sure. Nobody was going to step into Kansas City and hold a contest with KCBS here in town. Of course. But then I decided I should, you know, get really get involved. And I, I ran for the board and I lost. I was the, They were taken four and I was the fifth most vote getter. Um, but as soon as a new board convened, they they found a, something in their bylaws that said you could only serve two terms, and they really hadn't been enforcing it. And so the new board decided to enforce it. And so a guy had to come off, right. and they they invited me to, to fill his spot since I was the next most vote getting. And I was there for five years on the board. Right. Um, and that was about 04 to 09. And I got off at 09. Uh, and and that was the year I was team of the year. And then I just did my thing um, and kind of stayed away from the board in, in mm-hmm. KCBS had just cooked. Yep. So, in, and then in 2019, coincidentally, you know, it could, it sounds like a great story, but coincidentally, I got a phone call that, that, uh, that position might be open. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't want any part of it. Yep. Um, and then, and then in July, when I got a phone call and they said, it, it's going to be open again. I just, well, I didn't talk to a soul. I just created a resume. I hadn't needed a resume since college. Yep. Created a resume and, and submitted it through their normal channels. And, um, and I got a call for an interview. So and I interviewed with a group of guys and now here I am. There you go. Uh, so what's, I, yeah, what's happening at KCBS these days? Uh, it's, it's, it's been a bit, a bit of a bumpy ride as I understand, uh, <laughs> you mean for me or you mean in general well i guess coming out of covid that would be the bumpy ride uh, in general but uh. you, you know I, so so i gotta say this and i say it every chance i get because i truly believe it but i knew emily before she got the job and, and uh i wouldn't wish what happened to her on anybody to take on that new role mm-hmm. and to immediately get hit with covid and to essentially have to reinvent barbecue in a time when we went from 400 domestic contests to 100, and, I don't know, 130, yeah. and from 90 uh, international contests to maybe 20. So, uh, you know, we go from 400 and almost 500 contests mm-hmm. down to 150 contests, and yeah. and and it's it's not our primary source of revenue, but it's definitely our secondary source of revenue. And so she's having to slash budgets and find out ways to to make things work and she's having to lay people off because the money just isn't there. And we had a building that was uh, a, a huge money suck at the time. And, and uh, I'm telling you, I can't even imagine how stressful that was for her. So, um, and, and it's not a very well kept secret. Then we had a lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, to deal with and she had to spend a bunch of time with a lawsuit uh, on a situation that, and I'll tell you what, 
she came through those two things and I, I bet she, I haven't spoken to her about it, but I feel certain she just felt burnt out. Yeah. It was just more than she expected and, and really more than anybody should have to handle in an organization this small because yeah. we are small. So hats off to her for making it through it all because she saw it all through. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and then she, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she just, uh, took a, took a deep breath and, and, needed to step away. Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't spoken about it, but I feel certain. And I will tell you, I know she left the organization in better condition than she found it. And that has nothing to do with COVID or with, with anything else that went on there, but she had hired great people. Mm -hmm. They were great people. So, yeah. And, uh, what's the, I don't even know if I answered your question. A little, uh, that kind of talks about some of the challenges, but what's, uh, What's happening is... Oh, I'm happy to talk about my challenge. Yeah, sure, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so if you don't already know this, I'm going to tell the truth, and I'm not going to be very good at sugarcoating it. Well, I've heard heard you on uh, Barbecue Central with Greg a few times, so I I know that. Okay, so you know that. So I'll try um, not to give you as hard a time as he does, but uh, yeah. That's okay. Greg and I go way back. I know, I know. Yeah, he's it, a, yeah. It's kind of fun. We yeah. we probably kid each other a little hard there, and some people may not get it. Yeah, I got you. I get that. Yeah. But my my idea is that it just takes too much energy and effort to, to be completely PC mm-hmm. at, at every turn, and it's not real yeah. to me. Yeah. So I'm going to be real. I'm, I'm going to do my darndest not to offend anybody, but I'm also not going to wordsmith a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. to, to yeah. make it all oh, seem better yeah. than it is. So I, I come on the job August 15th, and uh, one employee hands me a resignation about the less than a month later. Yep. Um, she's our social media girl. She'd been there a year and a half, and and um, I really, young girl, very professional. I told her that she restored my faith in young people because I, um, I'm old now, and you know how old people feel about young people. And, yeah. Um, as, as she got out the door and, um, then the next person, uh, brought a resignation to me and I was like, really? Okay. But I knew this one was possible. So it was down to two people for this role that I, that I took the, took and she was the other candidate. Mm. And so in an organization, it's not unusual for the person who didn't get the job to feel like they needed to move on. And and she did. And we talked about the first day I got there. Yeah. I said, you know, give me a little time. And I said, give me a month. And she gave me the month, but then the first person resigned, and she didn't want to lay a second one on my desk at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so she waited a couple of weeks, and then she, oh, and then she laid it off my desk. Yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. But And I probably, this is probably bordering on HR here, and I should be careful. But um, uh, after that person, we, we took her to lunch for her last day, and after she left, I called in the the last person I really had in the office. And I said, I need you to level with me. Are you, are you staying or are you going? Are you looking or, and, mm-hmm. and we had a good, honest heart to heart conversation. And I felt like she told me she was staying. Now, maybe I misinterpreted something. And, uh, three weeks later, she gave oh, no. me her resignation. <laughs> so, so I'm feeling a little lost there Yeah, and I know everybody knew about it. And I know there were stories like Rod Gray's running everybody off, and that's yeah. not how I was. On the first day I came, they asked me questions, and they said, "What are your What are your first thirty days look like?" And I said, "Do no harm," and I meant that. Yep. You know, I've got a lot to learn. I know what goes on out in the field, but I don't know a lot about the administration side. And I had a lot to learn, mm-hmm. but it just worked out that way. Yeah. So, um, I called. I brought in a friend, and she and her husband had been in the business a long time, and. So Audrey Johns came in first, and, and she's been with me since October, I think. Okay, yep. And 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 then I filled the other two roles, so we're at full staff. Perfect. And I'm not mentioning we have a, a person who works mostly. We call it hybrid, of course, but she primarily works from home, and that's the way she was hired on Emily's staff. And I'm and I told her I'd keep her that way, and it's working out great. So there's actually a staff of four plus me or five. Yep. Plus Carolyn Wells, the founder, comes in every day. Right. She's there every day, and she's at her desk, and she's helping us. And uh, yeah, and it's it's things are looking good. We're 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 finding our way. 
you know, I'm only, I've only been there six months as of February 15th. Right. So, um, and I'm the second most tenured employee. Well, Carolyn is Carolyn's the founder, but, but, uh, <laughs> Sherry's the, the highest tenured employee and yeah. then me, but yeah. it's going good. good. Um, we still have a lot to learn and we make mistakes every day and I'm, I'm not opposed. I answer the phone and I say, listen, I have only been here six months, so I won't have all the answers, but I'll find the people that do. And that's just how we all go about our business. Yep. It's going great. Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, how's uh, competition numbers? Uh, I know up here in Canada, they're growing. So, uh, so they're down. Are they, I, I yeah. mean. Now coming over last yeah, they're year, down. they're down? No, I, I don't I got, think yeah, so. That's so what I'm asking. Here's what they... makes it hard to talk about it in February. Hmm. Um, sure. You know, we have a we have a policy that if you'll renew by December one, we'll guarantee your date. Right. So if in 2022 you have a contest, you want that date back. Hmm. If you renew by December one, we'll guarantee your date. After December one, uh, uh, sure, you're not guaranteed your date if somebody else drops an application uh, on our desk and, and, and you haven't, you haven't booked your date. Yeah. So we get a lot of them in by then, but honestly, if my contest is in October, mm -hmm. I'm in no rush to turn an application back in on December one. I'm still recovering from my event. Yeah. Probably wrapping up loose ends. So what happens to us is we, we just, we don't know how our year is really going to be right. until we're well, well into our year. Mm -hmm. Like, Probably August, September, maybe even October, not October, I wouldn't say, because we, yeah. we say we need you to turn your application in a minimum of 90 days yeah. prior. And if you're an existing event that's been going on for 10 years, we might even, it'd have to go to the board, we might even let it be short of 90. Yeah. So my point is, I won't know how my year is going to go until I get late into the year, mm -hmm. but I will tell you, so what was it? We had 150-ish contests in 20. Yep. We had 250-ish contests in uh, 21. Yeah, we had 300 and we had 310. Ryan, I can't remember if that's with or without international. We had okay. 40 international, and and this year I would say we're on track for around 350. Okay, so not domestic, not pre-COVID. Yeah, not pre-COVID numbers, but year over year it is cut. The numbers are coming up. That's correct. Coming up um, and. And um, the total number of teams cooking events is down. Okay. I think our peak was nearly 7,000 unique teams okay. cooked an event in 2018. Um, and I think in 2022, I might get this wrong, but it was around 2,000 wow. unique teams. Yep. I mean, it's a big jump. That's a big But it was yeah. already on decline in 19. 18 was just uh, a, a peak. And, and I haven't done the research to remember why a TV yeah. show will do that for us yeah. or some other event will do that for us. 9-11 mm -hmm. did that for us Okay. Um, way back when. Yeah. And then Pitmasters, of course, did it for us. And um, I think we saw some, some new teams come out after the Barbecue USA show that yeah. Michael, Chef Michael Simon did. Yeah, and that's coming back another season here. So hopefully it uh, keeps uh, yeah. peaking some interest, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what can KCBS do to get more teams involved? Well, that's another thing I think Emily did well with and the board did. And I think the, the whole group did, and that is to create some other options. You know, the mm -hmm. backyard series was created, yep. um, which gets more teams involved with less commitment. I think really just less commitment in time and money. It's still a commitment. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, one day events with chicken and ribs for yeah. the most part and I think the one meets are interesting. Yeah. At first glance, I wasn't I wasn't excited about one meets. It's kind of like, are you going to make the Super Bowl just a quarter long instead of four quarters? Sure. But, but now, and not just because I'm in this role, but I understand them better. And I saw an idea that I hadn't even thought of, a, 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 a store, a barbecue store in um, Nebraska, mm -hmm. helping you barbecue, held three rib one meets in a row on a Sunday. Okay. So... You sign up and you bring enough ribs to turn in three times. Now the turn in times have to be an hour apart. Yep. But all all three of those rib one meets count for team of the year points. Right. So you're gonna end up rubbing rubbing elbows with a guy who grabbed his Weber and threw it in the back of his 
hatchback and yep. brought it down. And then you're going to have, you know, Joe Pierce or Brad Leininger or one of our top teams standing right next to him doing the same thing. Yeah. And I hate to use that football analogy all the time, but on any given day, oh, anybody yeah. can win a barbecue contest. Yep. But the idea is if, if I'm really chasing rib points, I might even drive a little ways to cook three rib one meats to try to get, yeah. you know, three sets of points in one day. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's unique and it's typically done with ribs. Um, sometimes with chicken and I know they've even done them with, with other meats, but primarily the idea is to be able to have a condensed contest and still have it mean something. Yep. Where do you see, uh, the state of competition barbecue say five years from now? Do you think I, you know, rub that, uh, magic eight ball, crystal ball, whatever, uh, kind of what are your thoughts on what, what things might look like down the road here? I have an eight ball. Maybe I should just shake it and see what it tells me. It's so old, though. I think that I think some of the liquid has evaporated, Uh-oh. so it's thicker. Yeah, and it actually holds you in suspense a little longer before it shows you the answer. Nice. Um, you know, before COVID, I would probably be in a better place to answer it. Mm. But who would have ever thought yeah. what happened with COVID? So it's hard for me mm. to say. But if if I have my way, KCBS will be on a steady calculated guided growth still in five years mm-hmm. and, and will we be recovered from covid completely like 2018 numbers i don't know if five years is enough yeah but realize we have some outside factors that we can't that kcbs can't control the price of meat the price of fuel yeah. which really heavily affected competition barbecue post it isn't even really post covid but post covid mm. i mean 21 uh and, and 22 we were still fighting meat prices and fuel prices. Yeah. So I even, I, I had an opportunity to, to create a price on a project that was pretty big where we would um, pay the expenses of the pit masters. In other words, we'd pay for their meat. And I called my, one of my better meat wholesalers and asked him if there's any way I could predict the price of meat in, Ju- in June and July this year. Mm-hmm. And, and he was very candid with me. He said, you know, Rod, in years past, I could I could probably do that because we had these models that told us years and years and years of data that would tell us, you know, what we could probably expect. He said, mm-hmm. but but since COVID, it's it's just as simple. We've thrown those all out the window. Wow. Because we're we've lost our way mm-hmm. to predict that stuff because of the way things are going. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, I could tell you all these great rosy things, and and maybe they'll happen, but maybe they won't. Yeah. So I don't know if it, I don't know how much energy we should put into figuring out five years. I mean, I have five year goals. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want to grow membership and I want to grow more contests and I want to do more things. And we'll be, we'll be 40 years old in 2026. And I think I'd like to rebrand, um, because I just, you know, 40 years is a big deal, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. I don't know where we'll be in five years. I just hope it's, it's positive. Yep. And I more than hope, but, but that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, KCBS internationally, uh, you know, of course we're up in Canada here. Um, what's being done to help it grow, uh, grow it internationally? Not as much as I'd like. Okay. Um, international contests account for about 10% of our events. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think I really think there's a great opportunity, and I'm not just saying this because of the show I'm on. Uh, I really believe this, but I think there's a lot more opportunity in Canada, um, and okay. and I think it's I think it's safe for us to try to put some energy and effort into Canada mm-hmm. um, to grow competition barbecue there. Yeah, um, maybe I'm naive or maybe I'm uneducated on it, but um, I think there are nine or 10 events scheduled for 2023. Um, if I'm right, keep keep talking. I'll pull up my, uh, my, uh, calendar I've got uh, going here. So, um, and we, I will say this KCBS has an amazing international, we call them a team. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're also the board because there's six of them, the Bill and Debbie Gage and Wayne and Maria, uh, Loman, and Jim and Becky Johnson and, uh, great people. And they know so much about barbecue. They've all been around it more than 20 years. 
Um, yeah, we're uh, we'll be close to that. I would say. I'm looking. Uh, you know, there's I think a few that aren't haven't been officially announced yet, but yeah, you know, we've got two in Ontario. Okay, I counted nine. Yep. Uh, two in but, on, yeah, two in Ontario. There's going to be two in Saskatchewan. Alberta will have four. Uh, another one in BC. Uh, the Atlantic Canada. Nine. Yeah, uh, Atlantic Canada as well, out in Nova Scotia. So yeah, yep. My math isn't always yeah. perfect, well right? But I can get, I can get in the ballpark. <laughs> well done, yeah. I can get in the ballpark. Yep. And, and honestly, I looked at. Only master series events. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know if we if we hold back right up there. Not a whole lot that I've but master seen. Series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are backyard competitions, but not KCBS sanctioned generally. So, yeah, yeah. and we we had eight in 2022. That sounds right. Yeah, because none of the, the the two Ontario competitions didn't go last year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. I. I, I it would be it'd be easy for me for the purpose of our interview to brag and say, "Well, I think we can double that." I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that guy. Um, I don't think they hired me to be that guy. No, I don't need to be the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to figure it out and keep it on track. But I think we can. I think there's room for for more contests in Absol- Canada. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially that Ontario. Uh, I think market. And I don't think it. Excuse me. I don't think it takes the. The international team, I think it takes us training a few more reps because mm-hmm. it's a big area it, and, yeah. and reps, you know, can only travel so far before it gets too expensive for a contest to bring them in. Yeah. And the whole idea, um, we, we barely break even on a contest. We make a little bit of money for the administration of it. Right. Uh, I don't know if people realize, but there's a, like a, for a master series contest, there's a $400 sanctioning fee. Mm-hmm. And every bit of that money goes to pay the reps that administer the content. Right. So then there's a, a per team fee and that's what KCBS makes. But there's a lot of work behind the scenes mm-hmm. um, to accomplish that. And the fee is really pretty nominal uh, to do that. Yeah. So, but, but I would love to see us, you know, train a couple more reps so they don't have to travel so far to keep the expense down for the contest. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and make that, opportunity more available to, to a few more areas that say, man, I don't know if I want to risk losing the money. Yeah. Um, I'd like to make money or break even on it if I'm going to do it. And I think that rep expense can be a portion of that. Yeah. So, um, and, and we get meat to stabilize and fuel to stabilize and then more people. And when I say stabilize, maybe I'm only meaning that, uh, the people get more comfortable yeah. With the higher price of fuel and the higher price of meat. Yeah, you're going to adjust to it, right? I hope it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, people will adjust to it. And if it's what, something they want to do, they'll figure out a way to make it happen. It's when the when you don't know right. two months from now what, what it's going to be, that makes it tough to commit to anything, right? So. It does. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, Rod, I won't uh, keep you much longer. We're uh, you know getting close to an hour here, and I know you're uh, not feeling 100%, so I sure do appreciate your time. Uh, where can folks uh, find you, social media, web, and also KCBS, of course? Well, KCBS.us is the, is the website. Yep. Um, Kansas City Barbecue Society is Facebook page. KCBBQ Society is Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, when I took this job, Ryan, one of the first things I told the room when the ladies were asking, I'm not here to promote myself and my Fair products enough. and yep. my team. Um, that's not, that's not right. No, I, got you. Uh, yep. I, I knew what I was getting into. I knew what the purpose was. And the purpose was that, um, even, even if it was, um, not directly, but I think it was KCBS did a lot for my barbecue career. And I'm now in a position in my life that I can give some of that back. Yep. And, and that was, that was the reason that I, I, I you know, you said the board's a little bumpy our board's always going to be a little bumpy. Mm-hmm. I was on that board. I knew that. Um, they're great people. They all mean well. They just go about their, their business all a little differently, and, and they don't always agree. This board probably agrees more than any board I've seen before, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah. But uh, uh, I just thought it was time I could, I could maybe give something back in the way of 
being in this role and being from Kansas City. So yep. um, I'm happy to promote KCBS. And people know how to find me. I've been in barbecue too long. If they want to find me, they'll, <laughs> they'll find, figure I'm not it out. hard to find. <laughs> they'll figure it out, right? They'll figure it out. Awesome. Yep. Rod, uh, last question I'll ask. Uh, you got that Fast Eddie, the FE100 fired up in the backyard. What's uh, what's the go-to meal for you? See, the beauty of the pellet cooker. and every, So that's I want to say this about them, too. So when we... We, we bought this trailer in 02 and we stuck two of them on the back of it. And when we go out and cook, you know, they were completely out there where people could see them under this little overhang. And they would say, what are those? Um, are those pizza ovens? Uh, I had somebody walk up and say, are those incinerators? And we said, sometimes they are. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but no one understood or knew what pellets were to the point that, you know, there were a lot of people, some really good cooks on the circuit that thought it was cheating. Mm. Um. Nowadays, I mean, and we've even moved uh, kind of beyond that to the can, but then mm-hmm. there was a period of about 10 years when pellet pits were everywhere on the circuit and everybody knows what they are. Yeah. Um, and what they know about them is how convenient they are, especially for the backyard cook. Yeah. Um, um, you know, you go out, you flip a switch, you come back out in 30 minutes or an hour and you put on a piece of meat, you prep during that time and you walk away from it. You, you, you cook on it enough, you know your hopper is going to drain in about four to six hours, so you refill it, go back to work. It's just, it's incredibly convenient yeah. to cook on a pellet pit. So it doesn't matter what I cook, I just know how convenient it can be. And the other thing is, if you maintain it, meaning if you change a piece of foil and, and do a few little things and maybe stick a little shot back down in it about every month yep. and suck out a couple of cups worth of ash, you're right back in business. Yeah, You don't have to season wood. And don't get me wrong, I did all these things, and I loved every minute of it, yep. but for the guy in the backyard, yeah. and in the role I'm in now, um, they're just too convenient, yep. and that's what I like to cook on, and then we cook whatever on it, of course. Yep. Awesome. So, Rod, thank you so much for doing this. I sure appreciate it. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, and what you're doing to give back, as you said, give back to the KCBS, so uh, it's important. So, You didn't tell me what you cook on. Uh, my backyard, I've got my Weber kettle, I've got my Oklahoma Joe uh, Highland offset, and I do have a drum that, uh, one of our team sponsors is, uh, graciously provided. So nice. So Very nice. Yeah. Do you prefer one over the other or are they all, or are they good for different things? Good for different things. The kettle's kind of my, uh, you know, call it every day, uh, depending what I'm doing, but, uh, you know. The drum is is pretty cool. It's, I've only had it still not even a year, so still learning it a little bit. Uh, it's yeah. uh, I, I do enjoy that a whole lot. So somebody somebody mentioned a contest to me and said I go out there early in the morning and nobody's cooking yet. Yeah, and I said there's a bunch <laughs> of drum cookers at that contest. Yeah, yeah that's a new thing. It's yeah. to, you know, fire up at six o'clock and yeah. put your meat on, and yeah, that's pretty. I've never cooked on a drum. Yeah, uh, that's the one. I've cooked on a lot of things. Uh, they throw different pits at us. Mm. Well, the finale of the show and some other things we've done and uh, gravity feds and reverse flows and offsets, but I've never cooked on a drum. So, yeah, yeah it was, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned the not nobody cooking in the morning a couple of years ago, one of our comps up here, uh, one of the teams, they'd come in the night before set up and went to the local hotel for the night and it's about six thirty in the morning and we're noticing they're not here yet. So we're starting to panic and yeah. somebody finds their cell number and calls them and they're like, yeah, relax. We're on our way. <laughs> yeah. They that's, were, they were fine. We're- interesting concept. I came from, you know, when I got started, I figured out my schedule and we'd put our big meats on at 7 PM. Wow. Yeah. Now granted we didn't open the door on the cookers until 7 AM. Yeah. But the idea was I was cooking by 7 PM. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started having, more difficulty getting to some events and I figured out how to make that schedule um, a little different and start it. Tighten it up I think it was 10 o'clock at 2.50 mm-hmm. and put them on at 11 and then I knew what I could do at 2.75 but that was only if I had a real problem. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's but nowadays the comments I get are about people not cooking overnight yeah. anymore. Yeah, it's changed the game a little can. bit. Yeah. yeah, and good for them. Yeah. I mean, that 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 actually probably is great for barbecue. I mean, it's probably not good for a show, no. <laughs> um, but it's good for barbecue. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Yeah. My last question for you. Yes, sir. You cooked a double. Yep. Did you do better the first day or the second day? Second day. 
I always tried harder the second day because people were tired. I was tired too. Yep. But I just felt like it improved my odds when everybody yep. else was tired. Yep. It's a little harder to focus and concentrate. And I would, I would sometimes save my better meat for the second day, mm -hmm. and I would really try to to get her done on Saturday and wrap it up and get some sleep and get up and do it again. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah that we, was just a that was a philosophy or a strategy I had. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first day did not go well. Second day, we were first place pork. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I hey. appreciate it. And I apologize. I panicked when I saw you. <laughs> it's all uh, good. Only a couple minutes. Reach out. No worries. And uh, as I am on uh, the organizing board for our competition here in Calgary, Barbecue on the Bow, uh, September long weekend. So this is your official uh, invitation to come on up and join us. So. I, um, this is going to sound goofy of me, but living in central Kansas, I've been out of the country all of one time and that was my honeymoon. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. I, that, I better not say that. I used to, we used to spring break in Padre Island. So we'd sneak over to Mexico and buy cheap, cheap, unpasteurized Corona. <laughs> but, uh, I got my passport during COVID just to have it. So yeah. I, I have no excuses to not come to Canada. Mm -hmm. I really want to do that. We'd love to see you. Great. Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. Hey, thank you, Rod. Appreciate it. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. I'm proud to be a part of the Barrel Boss Q family, and I highly recommend you give them a look if you're in the market for a charcoal drum smoker. Visit them online at barrelbossq.ca. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S, the letter Q, dot C-A. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram and tell them you heard about them on Eat More Barbecue. Time to update you all on the Canadian competition calendar. April 15th, coming up in just a few weeks here in Calgary, we got a judging class, KCBS judging class, and table captain, www.bbqonthebow.com for details on that. Out in Manitoba, May 20th, 3rd annual and Big Smoke Throwdown at St in Steinbach, Manitoba. This is a chicken and ribs competition along with Kids Q. Get old of Rob at Big Smoke Restaurant in, in Steinbach for details and to register. May 26th in Delhi, Ontario. Delhi, Ontario, sorry. KCBS judging class as well there. Details on the Canadian Barbecue Society website. And then that weekend, May 27th and 28th, it's the Jack Nine Memorial in La Salette, Ontario. This is a KCBS-sanctioned competition, jack9.ca. May 27th and 28th, Embers and Ice Pitmaster Challenge in Edmonton at the Half Moon Lake Resort here in Alberta. KCBS competition, Facebook, Embers and Ice Pitmasters Challenge for details. June 3rd and 4th out in Bazano, Alberta. It's the second annual Small Town Smokedown. KCBS-sanctioned barbecueonthebow.com, bbqonthebow.com for details. June the 3rd, same weekend, out in Atlantic Canada. It's the Atlantic Smoke Show and Rib Competition in Upper Onslow, North Nova Scotia. Check out info at warmthbydesign.ca for details. Give them an email. Get registered for that one. June the 17th in Seagrave, Ontario, we have another judging class. And then that weekend in uh, Seagrave as well, it's the Two Blokes Cider Father's Day Festival at Stuttering John Smokehouse www.stutteringjohns.com This is a KCBS-sanctioned competition. Another KCBS competition that same weekend in Regina, the Father's Day Smoke and Bones. Check out realdistrict.ca slash events for details. I mentioned last week the Columbia Valley Smoke Show out in Invermere has been postponed, uh, put on hold till next year. So that one not happening, unfortunately. Hope to see him back next year. July 1st and 2nd Canada Day weekend. Weyburn, Saskatchewan. It's the Souris River Smoke Barbecue Showdown at Nickel Lake Regional Park. 
This is a backyard competition. Email surusriversmoke at gmail.com. July 21st and 22nd, smoke, wind, and fire in Raymond, Alberta. Back again under new management, KCBS-sanctioned backyard and masters, www.smokewindandfire.ca. July the 29th, out in Ontario, Chatham, Kent, Ontario, our buddy Jeff with Dog Days Southern Barbecue. They've got a Canadian backyard, Canadian Barbecue Society backyard competition in the works. Keep an eye on the Dog Days Southern Barbecue social media for details. August 5th and 6th in Didsbury, Alberta, the Didsbury Lions Barbecue, KCBS sanctioned, DidsburyLionsBBQ.ca. And then September 2nd and 3rd here in Calgary, the Granddaddy Barbecue on the Bow, KCBS sanctioned, BBQOnTheBow.com. Watch for details coming soon on that. So awesome to see so many events coming up and the list just keeps growing. I'm loving it, folks. Keep it coming. I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show as well, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at www.albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out the listing of barbecue joints here in Alberta then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joints and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See you all next week and keep on smoking. <laughs>